This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who don't even know what this team is without Chris Stewart. Ugh. Score us a goal, Jill Farabee. Score us a goal tonight. Because the Flyers fans are yelling shoot at you. And beer's got them feeling all right. No, that's terrible. I'm I'm so sorry for unleashing us. But I couldn't help but think about this when Philly Joel reared its hideous head again tonight. Thank you, sign guy. Ugh. Yeah, it's a real problem because I also remembered that I think this debate started when he... Uh, it became about on Farabee's last goal. So whenever Farabee does something, we're always going to have this debate. And, man, I'll tell you what, Philly Joel's just, it's got to go. I can't do The sign guy won't let it go. He he won't burn his Philly Joel sign like he should. He won't run it through the sign guy's shredder. (laughs) I imagine he's got an official shredder (laughs) in his house. A comedic-sized shredder. Yeah, when he's like, I'm done with this sign. And he has to officially retire it in the sign guy shredder. Yeah, somebody else. So somebody has seen his older signs. They're like, "Are you done with this?" And they start trying to tear it up. He's like, "No, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got a, I got a hilariously big shredder just for the signs." Just it's either the, the hilarious big shredder, or he's giving it a Viking funeral with flames and a boat and everything. <laughs> I thought he meant like the Vikings funeral, like the, uh, like from a couple years ago, and that would just be him taking the uh, signs to the Philadelphia Art Museum and steps, and then. Uh, we never see him again, and Ooh, then he does the skull yeah. chant. Yeah, but that's I like also, the... yeah, that was a good one. It could be like that. <laughs> that's but uh, yeah, sign guy needs to uh, cut it out with Philly Joel. That's all I got. There's so many. I saw ten different nicknames tweeted out about Philly Joel, and yet the old people want Philly Joel. That's all that's going on. <sighs> you just gotta, you just gotta lean into the not the bees. Oh God, not the bees. <laughs> I'll go with that one. Yeah, each time he scores. Yeah. Just scream that. Uh, also, I, I know Farabee's goal, Farabee. There's so many things. Just not. So many things. Just not joy. He was the, the he was the only positive thing about tonight was that, that goal being scored. Because, uh, tell you what, the rest of this game was not a lot of fun, for being honest. That can be honest. Oh, yeah. You yeah. and everybody listening, Steve. Yeah, it was. Absolutely uh, not. Pharaoh B himself, the, the last great Egyptian prince. <laughs> I'm so sorry, not sorry for that one, but uh, no, this, this Montreal game. So what we've learned is any prediction we make on the forecast, inevitably the opposite will come true. So this week, your prediction was uh, not prediction, but necessarily your analysis was that the flyers would struggle against the blues and probably get their asses whooped. And then they would come home and they could beat the Montreal Canadians. But what you didn't count on Craig was a Carter Hart injury coming out of nowhere. Yeah, a Carter Hart injury, and then also they just did the exact, just the exact opposite. Uh, also, I wanted to, if I could say Joel Farabee scoring goals, that would be my other, it's a terrible one, but I just wanted to go back a couple minutes. And, Joel uh, Farabee, a potentially really good hockey player one day. <laughs> Great catchy nickname. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I, that's, uh, tonight, yeah, I mean, Carter Hart being out should uh this is the one game I think it's really gonna hurt them because they have to go to Alex Lyon tonight. And he wasn't the reason why they lost. Uh they just kind of played a 
I just don't think they played that well tonight. It was a pretty sloppy game. I hope you like uh, it extra sloppy. <laughs> Please, lady, you're scaring us. <laughs> Uh, but the what was it the first goal against? Uh, there were there were no forwards backtracking, uh, and then Myers had to leave the front of the net, and the result in a goal. Second goal had got beat to a rebound. Third goal, Proveroff lost uh, coverage, and uh, that that was that. And then Kovalchuk scored in the fourth third period. But uh, what I, when I think of Kovalchuk right now, because for some reason he's putting up points with Montreal, I think this is the hockey gods getting back at the LA Kings for remember when they actually gave the Flyers tangible things for Vincent LeCavier. Oh yeah. And then he went out to LA and he had like five points in his first four games. And I was like, Oh my God, the Flyers are idiots. And then guess came, who won that trade? Yeah, and they came crashing back down the earth. Maybe this is what that's, that is for them. Maybe if they experience that right now, but uh, I, I mean, he's been all right. Uh, I guess when you get old, you don't really lose your shot. And that's been a, uh, yeah, been working for him. Well, and it might also be the the change of scenery thing. Sometimes the change of scenery I, yeah. is really nice for like a couple of weeks, and or if you're Markel Fultz, like a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, it, just that, that brief Sixers note that uh, Markel Fultz had like a good play, and everybody's like, "Oh man, can't believe they let him go." And it's like, "All right, let's, let's calm think, down." I think we can. I think we can believe we let him go. <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I think we can all move on with our lives, and it's it's you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tonight, though, yeah. So again, Alex Lyon had to play tonight. I thought he was fine. Poor kid. Yeah. Poor guy. And a lot of people, I think, are going to blame it on him. But really, that was just a poor. I, I think. I think Here's what happened. Thing. Yeah, you go ahead. Here's the thing: you're playing the Montreal Canadiens. You can't let up 40 shots. The Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and that's... especially when you have an AHL level goaltender in there, that's that's putting yourself in a poor position to win. Yeah, and. The thing with Canadians is they uh, they do throw a lot of pucks at the net, but still to give up that many shots is is pretty ridiculous. I, th- I think also a big factor for this game alone is just the fact that the Flyers did beat the Blues last night on the road, and so road win for this team without Carter Hart against defending Stanley Cup champs, come back home to play against the team that played last night and lost pretty bad. So it might be, you know, the Flyers kind of we're just happy with last night and kind of fucked up tonight. And back-to-back big wins against two of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of sat back and let the, uh, yeah, the Flyers really don't want to make a distinction between whether or not they're good. They want you, they want to mislead you every other way is how it feels like don't show up on that road trip. Get fucking keep you on your toes. Smacked around by like the sharks and the the Kings. And then uh, just, you know, beat the, beat the fucking caps, Bruins and blues in short order. Yeah. Well, it's in true Philadelphia fashion, right? It's Rocky getting punched in the face 65 times before he decides oh i should actually box <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much speaking of uh speaking of getting punched in the face without not without doing much about it uh robert had guys ass kicked by a teenager tonight did you see that oh no oh that that took, bravo top transition there yeah <laughs> i saw a lot of hands to the face a I lot. saw Bobby. I saw Bobby Hag of the Hag Hitmen get <laughs> annihilated by a teenager, and it was it was not good. Like he was just sitting there, and it was a lot like Rocky Four, where he just takes punches in the face, and yeah, that's most of the movie. Uh, a, a big when it's not of, montage. Of <laughs> I think I don't know how big of a size advantage it was for Hag, but uh, shouldn't have. I would have liked to have seen one punch for a 
big uh, physical shutdown, D-Man. But have we called I would him, love uh... to set that to music. I would love to set that to like Rocky Four type music where it's like, you give your all. You take some hits. And that's just a montage. And then you get back on your skates and give a shit. <laughs> Cut to a montage of just hag like chopping wood or like pushing a sled up hills or something yeah. like yeah out somewhere and then, in like, Russia. Gritty falling over in the snow like Polly. <laughs> have we caught him body bag hag yet? Whenever he puts a big. I don't think we have. Okay, because that's we're gonna. I just want to make sure that's trademarked right now. So I just want to get that. Body bag. And by him, we mean Robert Hag. Just each time he has an actual successful hit where he separates a player from the puck, just Lou Nolan gets on the uh, the mic. He's like, oh, body bag hack. Lou Nolan, by the way, has to do it in mid-play. He just yells it out. Body bag hack. You've just been body bag hacked. Uh, well, so we'll wait. We'll, he'll probably have a hit by March uh, that's noticeable. We'll put that in there. And, uh, you know he we'll had go- 12 hits in this game. 12 hits? Uh, no, I'm will... making that up. I have no idea how many guys. <laughs> I will say that. You believed it. Uh, Hag Freeman is a third pair. Uh, haven't been out there for a goal. They've been out there for one goal against in four games, which, considering the pair, not not too bad. Uh, number's not great. How much uh, ice time? So over their first four games before tonight, they played a total of 44-30 at five on five, but they had a... 37.5, uh, 37.5 shot attempts, four percentage, and a 38.95 expected goals, four percentage on the ice for two goals, four, and also one goal against. So uh, coming in tonight, they had a pair of goals. I mean, nothing happened tonight when they were on the ice. Uh, terrible session numbers again. Uh, 36.36 shot attempts, four percentage, and 44.83 expected goals, four percentage, 13-19 at five and five times. So they're getting caved in a little but I kind of do like Freeman's playing style, and I don't think they've really – I don't think it's something where they should be getting scored on while they're out there. So at least for a third pair with a guy that is now getting his first bit of time in the NHL and Robert Hag, they're they're doing okay. It's actually been the second pair that's kind of been resulting in goals against. And uh, How many hits for Hag tonight? Are you actually looking at it? I have it, yes. <sighs> uh, six. He got credited with four hits. Oh, okay. All right, so he's taking a night off on the hitting and decided to uh, throw those hands instead. So what a fight by him, though. Really dominated, just as usual. Just I wonder if, like, just part of... Uh... <laughs> I was surprised I didn't see more people defending him after he got his ass kicked. Like, the the people that always come to his defense after he has a bad play. Oh, always pointing out Hag's bad plays. And I was like, well, you know. Well, you know, they're pretty noticeable. <laughs> pretty, pretty noticeable, yeah. But, uh... Speaking of bad plays, Sanheim and Myers lately. I think, like, tonight they looked they looked fine. I think the first goal against wasn't really on them. But, man, Phil Myers, uh, something's going on with his uh, decision-making or his reads in the defensive zone. He just, the guy loves getting out of position and just opening up chances for the opposition right now. Again, gigantic dude, skates great every direction. I think he has all the tools to succeed. But right now he's just, uh, he's fighting it. And Sanheim's had a couple plays too, so... Uh, it's a uh, it's a frustrating pair to watch because you know they can be good, but you know they're going to be good. It's just right now uh, they're just doing uh, young guy stuff, younger player stuff. They need that veteran. young guy stuff. They need that veteran uh, presence is what's going on. Yeah, doing young guy stuff. He's playing video games out <laughs> there. Young guy stuff. He's drinking too many beers and then showing up hungover for work. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Staying up late, eating whatever he wants. 
<laughs> yeah, mom, I'm playing hockey. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, yeah, eat a salad. Okay, that's that's rabbit food. That's not for me. Uh, Yeah, you want to talk about heart? Let's talk about heart real quick. I'm looking at the outline. We're not following yeah. it at all, but let's start following what, the outline. What, do we ever follow the outline? <laughs> kind of, but like not. I mean, tonight I that, just... People don't listen to Fly Perbole for, for the outline following, for structure. <laughs> they don't find... If you want to listen to structure, we got a whole other podcast for that, okay? We got a, a properly structured podcast run by a professional host. His name is Bill Metz. We are not that show. We're <laughs> not those is, dudes, yeah. We're, we're not those guys. This is just... Whatever we fly by the seat of our pants, and who who knows where that's going to take us. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, let's get let's talk something great. Let's talk that. Let's Carter talk Hardy. about the batch update. No, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk sure. about Carter Hart, and this is something that came out. So you recorded BSH Radio on Tuesday night. Tuesday night. We almost recorded this on Tuesday night. Yeah. So we almost had a double a double dose, and then you know my, my spider sense kicked in and said, "No, let's do it on Thursday after the game." So yeah. I don't get any sleep for work on Friday. Yeah, Spider- Spider-Man Jaco was like, I'm pulling an all-nighter on Thursday. Let's do this. And uh, <laughs> the news that came since was a, a win, a loss, and Carter Hart is out for two to three weeks with a, a lower right ab strain. So there you That's go. It's really going to hurt the Flyers at home. Yeah, it's going to kill the Flyers at home. It's going to look the same on the road, but at home it's going to look terrible. <laughs> it's funny because yeah. actually oh, that was probably one of their better road games all year on, on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and it comes with Carter Hart on the shelf. So thank God Lyon didn't have a good game tonight. And then we started talking about goalie controversy, you know, like should the Flyers send Hart back down and roll with Lyon or Elliott. So I'm glad. It doesn't take much in Philadelphia to talk about <laughs> no. either goalie or quarterback controversy. Like <laughs> Carson Wentz throws one pass like to the running back that's off. Everybody's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so waiting. Do whatever it takes trade Nick for Nick Foles. <laughs> Carter Hart has like one bad goal. I was like, ah, yeah. Maybe we should call Steve Mason. They're like, oh boy, that was that was all on Steve Mason. It's like a three on zero where one of the guys on the three on zero is just boxing him out for the net. They're like, oh man, wish Carter had that one. He's not looking on his game tonight. I don't know. Maybe let's see what Marty Biron's doing. <laughs> bring him back. It's been a new league. I think he does better in this league. Let's bring him back. I think so. I think so. What's Late's up to? You know he's free. He's probably on some <laughs> AHL teams. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> You know, I think he just played in a seven overtime game at the AHL. He, AHL's all-time greatest goaltender, and you know what? He had one pretty good year for the Flyers. I was gonna say that guy is—he's pretty good at being memorable for uh, playoff overtime losses. It seems to be like a big thing in his career. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Carter Hart is out uh, two weeks, which would mean two to three weeks. Two weeks would mean he misses just four day, uh, four games, including the two, two. weeks. Uh, yesterday and tonight against Montreal. Then he would miss the Kings game on Saturday, which, again, should be winnable. And then the Penguins game at home on Tuesday, which will be 6-2 loss, 6-1 loss. So I'm not looking forward to that Penguins game. Uh, and then three weeks would mean seven games because it would be the Penguins game after the All-Star break, the Avs game on uh, February 1st, and then the Red Wings on February 3rd. So either way... Let's just skip the Penguins games. I, yeah, let's just you – know, they can take the points. But outside of that – Maybe they can postpone. It could just go to the Penguins. It's uh, Guys, maybe – can we do this another time? This Tonight's no good for us. <laughs> I will say, like, that's not – I know they have the Penguins twice and the Avs, but the Kings and the Red Wings should be wins. And they already beat the Blues. 
they could still come out with, uh, you know, four wins out of the seven game stretch uh, without Carter Hart, which uh, that'd be a pretty good deal. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, and again, pretty, tonight, pretty, pretty good. Tonight should have been uh, the only night you're seeing a lion. So I, I, Elliot should play on Saturday, should play on Tuesday. And then whatever, whatever after that, they don't have any back to backs. So it should be all Brian Elliott. I just didn't want him to play tonight because the guy is older. Uh, using him several several games in a row, like Haxel did last year, resulted in his injury. You hurt Brian Elliott here, and then he got to roll with Alex Klein the next couple of games. You know, I, Brian Elliott can get hurt on Saturday too, but looks a lot dumber if he gets hurt in the second game of back to back. Is my stance on that uh the hackstall special yeah the hackstall special just to see uh not to see if your goal is good just to see uh if he's got that endurance game up that, that was hackstall's goal in the end uh yeah. Alex Lyon, that's though. really the the only goalie stat that matters is number of games played yeah nobody cares about wins it doesn't matter how many save it's how many times you show up at the rink to miss shots on goal for goalies uh alex line 9 11 and 2 9 16 save percentage 256 gaa and one shutout in lehigh valley this season uh, he had stopped 36 of 40 tonight. Uh, he played in two games for Philadelphia last year, uh, both very memorable games to me. Uh, the first one was uh, he made a season debut against the Sabres, gave up four goals on 12 shots in the first period and was pulled after one. And then I believe Calvin Pickard came in and they lost 5-2 to the Sabres the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which was Hextall's third the last game. And then the second one was he came in relief of Anthony Stellaris because, hey, Stellaris got injured from being overused uh, in Hackstall's last game as Flyers head coach. So there you go. There's, that was Lions' last game in the NHL was Hackstall's last game as Flyers coach. Uh, oh, wow. And then this time is wearing number uh, 34 to give a shout-out to Peter Morazic. And I, I don't know. That's probably – it might be the case. I don't know. They're probably buddies. They're part of the uh, two two of the 56 goalies the Flyers used last year. So um, Just 56. Yeah, just 56. I almost won a game. Or, you know, won every couple games. Uh, and then, outside of that, I'm looking at the other entry notes here. Uh, Ghost has the same entry timeline, but Braun was expected to be out until after the All-Star break. He's coming back. It sounds like he should be back for the Kings game, which would mean probably Freeman sits, I would say. That seems likely. Yeah. I mean, just also because of the handedness, too, because if you take out Friedman, then you put Braun back with Sandheim. Third pair of Hag and Myers, which I think would be uh, a little interesting. A little interesting. Yeah. Or maybe they just roll with Hag and Friedman and Myers sits, which, um, okay. I mean, not a fan, but I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Understandable. But at the same time, if you want to go with, like, a, a, say, a safer choice, that. That is the safer choice. The thing, the thing about Phil Myers is he's the high risk, high reward guy right now where he's definitely playing like a rookie where he has these moments of absolute brilliance. And then he's got these just boneheaded moments where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. I I mean, and that's the thing is right now with Hagen Friedman is, yeah, it's, it's not exciting, but it's very simple and they aren't getting scored on. And for this combination on the third pair, I guess that's really all you can ask for. And I do, I mean, I really do like Freeman's play so far. I don't know how it's going to project beyond this year or even later this year when bodies start coming back. But I, I don't mind him being in the on the uh, on the roster at the NHL level. He's uh, he hasn't made any big glaring defensive mistakes. He usually makes a simple play. I feel like he knows when the transition. And even tonight, the the start of the Fairby goal was him making a blue uh, play at the blue line, at the Flyers blue line. So. 
uh, as a third pair guy, it's not he doesn't have a high ceiling. But if you need him to play on the third pair and kind of fill in and keep it simple, he's not the worst option. Uh, and yeah, like you were just saying, the thing with Myers is I would ma- rather have Myers over Freeman or Hag. But I, I mean, we know Hag and Freeman keep it simple and have been fine so far. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm getting with Myers right now. At this point in time, I don't know what I'm getting with Myers. And it's insane because I put it down. He's now, he didn't get a point tonight. So now he's got 14 points in 30 games, which for a defense, like a rookie defenseman is pretty damn good. And we're sitting here talking about how he needs to like clean up his act. So yeah, it's, it's there. He's going to be good. It's just got to, or he, he will be good if he figures out if he can pick up whatever he's doing wrong on these defensive reads or his instincts jumping too. up. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah, Need like that work. consistency. And I mean, that's, that's coaching at the end of the day, you have to coach him to get to that point. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I'm and- calling you out, big Al and your ass crew. <laughs> well, probably yeah, is coming for this- you, brother. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. You want to keep calling him out? Are you good? Or- Absolutely not. They will all kick my ass very <laughs> easily. These- these men twice my age will destroy me. Yeah, you think? Uh, you think? If I think they might be ten years, like twenty years older than me. I think. <laughs> Did you just ask me if I could take them in a bar fight? No, no. You think AV can put away some bodies in a bar fight? You think I think so. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit. Of, I, he's got a little bit of a main streak in him. I can see. I don't, I don't know about Yo, but I think. Oh, Terrian, Yo. Well, I could see. No, I think Terry and, and Vigneault could take some guys down in a bar fight for sure. You're not Terry sure has that glare. He looks like a piece of work. Like if you get a couple, <laughs> you get a couple whiskeys in him. Like he looks like he is gonna like tear you a new one. It looks like he used to be like a loan shark or something. Yeah, like he he's oh, got a history of like just absolutely. yeah breaking kneecaps. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, absolutely. It looks <laughs> yeah. like he, he looks like a mob enforcer who went into retirement somehow. I guess Yo doesn't look like that, but I thought he was one of those fiery guys too. Like he had a couple of flip outs in St. Louis. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I, I mean, just... He, he just doesn't have the. He just looks like the nicest of the three. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So maybe he could still throw down, but he, like he would definitely get his ass kicked by Av or, or Tarion. But um. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, the uh, so that's yeah Myers. I think he just needs a little more time, and they'll, I, I think he'll be fine. He'll 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 figure it out. Uh, Braun, yeah, he'll be coming. I think Braun. I think you're noticing the impact of Braun's absence though, because Myers is playing top four minutes, and he's kind of had these issues all year, and now they're just put on display more because he's playing more. So I think Braun, when he's out there, sometimes. Oh, oh yeah, and I I know. I know you're feeling so wrong, but I'm just saying when he, I, I, I don't hate he's him. Fine. He's just yeah, fine. He's, he's fine. fine. It, no offensive upside, which, but if for the impacts it brings on defense, I think he's been, I think he's been worth the price this year. Again, he looks terrible on some goals against, but those are, but he's not AMAC. He's not AMAC. And also the, when those goals happen, those are like, he is usually taking away other shots or chances. And then when teams get those chances, it just happens to be, you know, him getting pants. But, uh, I'll we take get the... it. You love Justin Braun. <laughs> there we go. State of the podcast. Love Justin Braun. Need more out of body bag hag. Uh, and maybe, you know, when a 19 year old challenges you to a fight, you know, beat him. I don't think I could be up a 19 year old in a fight, but I expect Robert Hag to uh, <laughs> throw hands with him. <laughs> Craig I... Foresight Challenge. No. Fighting 19 year olds. We we're not doing that. <laughs> 
I don't have the bail money or the lawyer money to uh, get out of those situations. So listen, believe three French bulldogs. You can take a 19 year old. (laughs) Yeah, I've been benching French bulldogs nonstop. So let's get uh, let's let's get these teenagers in here and I'll teach them a thing or two. So, Uh, yeah, those are the big uh, uh, some of the uh, injury stuff. Looking at some of the other roster moves. This is the smoothest fly purbly like opening we've had in a while. This is pretty good. Fly purbly smooth. So on top of the other roster moves uh, that we just mentioned, was it Farabee also got sent down to the AHL and Chris Dewar got waived yesterday. So Farabee lo- uh, missed last night's game against St. Louis, came back for tonight's game against the Canadians, obviously, because he scored. That'd be a story if he wasn't in the game and he somehow scored. Uh, Chris Stewart, uh, to the shock of everybody, was not claimed on waivers and is now oh, been wow. thrown down to Lehigh Valley. Steve, on the season, Stewart's played 16 games. Cool, one assist, five shots on goal, 16 pims, averaging 7.47 a night. Again, I think, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like two quote-unquote talking points on Twitter are Hag and Stewart, but I feel like it's a lot more people getting defensive about Stewart and Hag more than people dunking on Hag or Stewart, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think people are fans of Stewart, but it's not, People aren't openly as bad with him as Van Develde or some of the other guys, I think. But then I feel well, like... Well, because he doesn't play as much as those guys did. Yeah, and there, there's not as much hatred. But then I always feel like I see more tweets being like, oh, here comes everybody dunking on Stewart again. He's just being a good... Like, I feel like there are a lot more tweets of like... He's oh, a locker room guy. He doesn't cost that much. But like, it's more like people being like, oh, I'll, I log on this Twitter and it's just nothing but nonstop dunking on Chris Stewart. And I'm like, I, I don't see that. Or like this year with Hag, it's like people always bitching about Hag. And I'm like, I I feel like the bitching about Hag this year is not equivalent to the amount of people being like Hag's getting dunked on too much. I feel like, I don't know, Twitter Who's politics. Who's got the time to dunk on Hag? Besides uh, well, us for half the before show. Before us, just now me talking about him. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's... Anyway, Farabee, uh, yeah, that whole thing. Three goals on 55 shots this season. He's now got four goals on 56, I assume. Uh, nine helpers, 13 points through 38 games. So his goal tonight ended a, and these numbers are going to be uh, pretty bad, ended a nine-game point drought, a 15-game goal drought, and it was the first time he beat a goalie in 29 games as his one goal before the goal drought was the Somehow the empty netter against the Leafs that ended up being the third to last goal the Flyers scored in a six to one win in that weird ending against the Maple Leafs about a month and a half ago. So Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh what what were the other transactions? Oh, Kasha came up for a game uh, against the Lightning and then was sent back down. He played exactly five minutes, had a hit in eight shifts. So far this season he has a one goal on five shots and he's averaging nine forty seven of ice time. In six games. And then Bunneman was called back up. And he's looked a lot better this time around, IMO. Uh, Not just because of the points. I feel like he's produced a fair amount of offensive chances, too, concerning his time, ice time and usage. Uh, And he's not getting pushed around as easily. And he seems to be willing to just go to the net and plant himself there. Got his first NHL point with a goal on Monday against the Bruins. He also had an assist tonight on Farabee's goal. So, so far in his second call-up, he's got one goal and three shots and an assist. In three games, uh, and he had two sh- two of those shots tonight. He also had a couple good chances on the rush against the Blues. Uh, and yeah, that's about. He had only one shot on goal. He didn't have a um, shot on goal against the Blues. 
but he had three shot attempts and two scoring chances. So he was getting in the right spots. He just didn't hit the net, which, uh, you know. Well, if you nerds take your, your right spots and shove them, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> I, I will, I've said it once, I'll say it again. I've, I've never watched a game of hockey. All I do is as soon as the game comes on, I open up my laptop, open up a spreadsheet, and I just kiss my screen. That's all I do. I don't look. I don't actually watch the game. It's just a lot more. I like the numbers that come from the game. So I don't you just watch it through graphs and charts. I mean, that's the way that's that, that nerd God intended the, it. That's how I was raised. Yeah. Ever since I started watching back in the late '90s, my my dad just handed me graphs and charts, and he was like, "You you know what to do. This is fun. We're having fun here." So uh, yeah, those are all the roster moves. And uh, yeah, you want to talk about these games now, or you got any, you got talk any, about these games? Got any feelings about David Kasha or Connor Bunneman or uh, no Chris Stewart or uh, Philly Joel no. or uh, oh Philly Joel can go to hell. <laughs> Joel Faraby though, come right in. Yeah, Joel Faraby, I'm cool with you. Uh, Philly Joel, no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. All right, so they got shut out on Saturday against the Lightning. Fiftieth uh, time in franchise history they've lost a regular season game one nothing. Last time was October 13th, 2018, when Flurry made 26 stops, uh, and there were the only 26 shots he saw, and he got former head coach Gerard Gallant a one nothing win in Philadelphia. Uh, I wonder what happened. I wonder what's changed since then for Gallant. Mm. Anyway. Uh, and Carter Hart is his highest save percentage in a regulation loss of his career. He had a 972 save percentage uh, in the loss to the Caps. That was a 2-1 to shootout loss on November 13th. He stopped 35 of 36 for a 972 save percentage. Phil Myers had a uh, career-high five shots on goal in that loss. And, of course, we got to talk about it. Patrick Roon has the only goal in that game, and it came on the dumbest play in the history of hockey. And that Friend of the show. About right? <laughs> yeah, friend of the show, uh, friend in real life. Brent, Patrick Maroon just somehow – like Matt Niskanen misplays a puck that goes in the air, just falls right down in between him and Maroon, and Maroon pats it in, and that is the difference. That was the difference between the Flyers and a team that won their 10th straight game on Saturday. I thought they still got outplayed. Uh, I thought they had an all right first, but then got dominated in the second, and then the third was just tight checking, and then he couldn't get any scoring chances. It's not so much Vasilevsky stole it. It was more just the Lightning used their speed and uh, – just use their speed to take away time and space for the Flyers offensively, which is which makes the Lightning kind of scary because if they start focusing on the defensive side of the game, uh, they uh, they might actually make some uh, make a little of a playoff run, maybe make up. Well, and that's the thing about the Lightning is they are they have enough talent on both sides of the puck that they could make it work either way. Yeah, like if they, I, I mean, I know they were. I mean, obviously they were amazing last year, and it's kind of an easy thing to just say, hey, play defense. But I felt like in in that game, they, it, I, I felt like the Flyers were never in it, and it was a one nothing game. I felt like they were just taking away any of the serious scoring chances the Flyers had. They looked, Flyers had a couple like decent shifts early in the game, but that was like the closest they came to scoring all night. But, but you know how the Lightning uh, win the Cup, Craig? Uh, they have to get physical. They have to get a big guy in there. They have to get Tom Wilson. I was going to say, I don't know any former Flyers that are on the coaching staff, so I thought you Maybe just... Pat Maroon, just to score some clutch goals. <laughs> yeah, that's all they That's all they need. They, that's all they need to happen, so... Dave Ward back, they're second in the Atlantic now. I don't know if you saw all that's of that. That's not all. a surprise they, at all. Been... Like, that's, that's one of those yeah, things been... that, if you didn't see that coming, you're just an idiot. <laughs> because it, it just is like obvious, like, just... 
Probably. Um, it's just, <laughs> that team is just so loaded with talent, and the, the season is so long that you just couldn't count them out. Like, I would have been utterly yeah. shocked if they didn't make the playoffs or if they came in in a wild card. And they still could. They still could be a wild card, but I just don't think that's going to happen. No, and it's not It's not shocking they're second, and it's not shocking that the Leafs are back in the playoff spot, too. I mean, the, after that division, the the Panthers, and uh, it wasn't really – I think the Panthers and Sabres were there earlier in the year, and they weren't really uh, – there's a wide gap between the Bruins and second and third there for a while, so factoring them getting back. But, yeah, just too much talent on those routes for them to be held down for – for that long, Bruins got their asses handed to him in a, a six to five shootout. Flyers just abused them after they were down five to two. No, I'm kidding. They close ass game. Flyers got lucky because of Bra- oh yeah, Brad Marchand. We got to talk about that. Talk about the uh, the Brad Marchand miss. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it on the forecast, but we yeah. can no, let's, uh, we can talk it. about it again here because it was so embarrassing for Brad yeah. Marchand. Just poor Brad Marchand. Couldn't have happened to a nicer game, a nicer guy. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I just love, I, I think my favorite part still is just he did it, and then all the refs looked at each other like, oh, fuck, this this counts, doesn't it? Like, this is going <laughs> to. Are you for real, bro? <laughs> but got to be the worst shootout attempt ever. It's I mean, got to be. And the funniest thing about that was that they were having a great shootout between the two teams. It was a good point. shootout, yeah. It was like, going... Claude Giroux put a filthy move on that happened to go off of the post off of Coley's glove, the Halak's glove. Oh my god! Yeah, the back of his glove. Like it was the the biggest desperation save ever, and it was he still got it. And then Hart was just making phenomenal saves. Probably hurt himself on one of those saves. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was just he was kicking ass in that shootout. And then finally, TK scores. Konechny scores. The jerk store gets a, gets his revenge, and. You're just, you see Marshan going up there and you're like, I know where this is going. You're you just, as a Flyers fan, you're just expecting him to score on some ridiculous move or, or the worst is when he just goes up and goes like five hole and you're just like, God damn it. Yeah. You're just waiting for something like that. And he misses the goddamn puck. He skates up and then he's just, forget <laughs> something to do. I will say, I think one of the, the more painful shootout goals to watch on a, on a Flyers goalie is when they shoot five hole and the goalie knows it's going five hole while they're dropping and they're already looking up like into the upper bowl and they're just like, oh, fuck. I hate, I hate watching the, the, the five hole goals where they know it's going in. But uh, yeah, that's the five hole goals are they're just painful because you're just like, oh, they, and they look effortless. Like, it's not yeah, like when Drew uh... does like 40 filthy moves where you're just like, oh, my God, where's it go? Oh! It's it's not like that. It's just like they're glad, or, yeah, they're gliding out waiting for one second, and then they I love it. when Voracek like tries those, and it just kind of turns into a complete like disaster. <laughs> Voracek's either he's pulling it off and it looks awesome, or it's just like what were you trying to do there, pal? Yeah, yeah, he's had a couple this year where he like glides in real slow from the outside and then puts a real lazy attempt on, and I'm just like that's that's really not going to help you on Twitter. I just want you to know that. <laughs> That's just not going to look good for, for everybody watching. Uh, let's see here. Sanheim looked uh, had a two-goal game on Monday, though. It was his fourth career two-goal game. Had He's had two two-goal games against the Blue Jackets. He had his third two-goal uh, game of his career the game before Christmas when the Flyers beat the Rangers 5-1. to uh, And again, 
just speaking to the Sanheim Myers uh, effect of how sometimes in the D zone it looks like they don't know what they're doing yet, and then Sanheim is able to had a ridiculous game time goal on on Monday to to set it up. And uh, whenever I, that's why I think him paired with Braun works pretty well uh, because Braun's able to stay back defensively and maybe let Sanheim do a little bit more, but. Um, let's see what else. So Sean Couturier, three-point game, five shots on goal as well, but uh, 17th career three-point game, second three-point game of the season, and second in a six-game span. He had three points against the Vegas Golden Knights on that road trip from hell. Uh, already talked about Bunneman's first NHL goal against the Bruins. It was also the uh, Freeman recorded his first NHL point on that goal since he took the shot from the point. So uh, they should have split the puck up, and uh, they should have done with that. I don't think they did. Uh, Voracek to assist, seventh multi-assist game of the season and 11th multi-point game of the season. Uh, and then they overcame a 3-2 deficit. Krejci made it 5-2, uh, Bruins with 12-39 left in the second. I want to say that was the best... It, Monday or Wednesday are probably two of the more exciting games of the year, yeah? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, like, uh, and, you know, Monday wasn't... I. It, they both uh, featured elements of the game we don't want to see from the Flyers. I mean, being down five to two at home in the second. They period. weren't perfect, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, some of the best NHL games are compelling because they're not perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. like w- one of the best Flyers games that I think most of us can remember is the first game of the 2012 Penguins series, right? Oh, the God, one yeah. that was just yeah. completely sloppy. The Flyers came out like shit. And then you had that Danny Breer offsides goal that should not have counted, but counted. <laughs> you have the was that the also the game with the Katoria and the Drew hat tricks? No, no, no. That was that was game two. Game but one. That was also a shit show. Yeah, that was also a shit That's show. Like both of those games, complete shit oh, shows. Yeah, that whole I teams mean teams were not playing well, but it was great hockey. It's it's like eighties hockey, right? Eighties yeah. hockey was some of the best like I would say a good amount of the Flyers fan base became fans either in the 70s when they were the bullies and successful or in the 80s when it was just the Wild West. Like anybody could score. <laughs> goalies couldn't stop shit. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. Yeah. I'm just thinking of that series, too. I just love the because uh, when they talk about the all sides review, they always talk about the Duchesne goal. Like, that should have been called back and was like somehow not. And that caused the whole replay system. But, I mean, once again, Flyers not getting credit. Danny Breyer was feet offsides on that first goal in game one, and nobody talks about it. All Danny Breyer might as well have credit. Danny Breyer might as well have been in the goalie's net, get, grabbing the puck <laughs> back at the blue line somehow. It's like go-go gadget stick. Also, I, not uh, we don't need to, you know, uh, knock down Penguin stances or opinions on things because they're usually wrong. But that goal, that like the the rest missing that call was no except like no rule or uh, no reason for them to lose that game. That made it three to one in the second period. I, I don't know. Don't give it two more goals in a period and a half in a playoff game. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like don't. It's good advice. Yeah, that's good. That's just good hockey right there. Just don't give up goals, and then you can't complain about, you know. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Four three overtime win. Yeah, I thought, and then this the, the overtime win uh, against the Blues featured uh, they blew two goalie in the third period, and literally everything up until that was good. They had made it a three to one game on a pretty nice power play goal set up by JVR to connect me seconds into the third period, and then they killed off a five on three, a very questionable five on three for a minute and forty one. 
to keep a three to one, and then they decided to to blow the lead after that. But um, I thought that some of the officiating last two games has been, goddamn. I really, I don't know how Perron didn't get kicked out for that cross check. Um, I don't know how NAK got called for that slash last night after Lawton was tackled down at the other end by Bozak. Uh, oh, the Perron thing was bullshit. The NAK, uh, it's. Just... Yeah, some spotty officiating over the past few days. The and and then that five three started because Raffle got called for a trip when Jaden Schwartz just fell down pretty much, and then uh, there was there were a couple bad calls tonight. I'm I'm gonna forget them. I didn't take notes of them, but they, yeah, just got a little bit of shitty officiating. But I really noticed it last night, and I thought that's what made last night's win even more more memorable because they somehow fought through that and then fought through being. Or blowing that lead and then won in overtime. And that winner by Jake was uh, actually let's talk about that winner by Jake real quick. Eleventh uh, career overtime winner, his first OT goal since he put the ironically the Canadians away on February twentieth, twenty eighteen, and a three to two win. Uh, and like you were just talking about, game one of that uh, playoff series against the Penguins. That was that was one of my favorite Jake goals ever. Well, because it won a playoff game. But also just because he started that whole series by backhanding a shot in from the boards, that flurry was just like, okay, whatever. And then he kicked it out to the point, and then all the Penguins just stood there, and Carl threw a puck on net, and he beat Stahl and Latang to the rebound. And that was the only reason why they scored. So I love that game because it was just the Penguins giving up pretty much, and it was the first game of a playoff series. So he loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also I wanted to mention his uh, – this is a random one, but one of my favorite Voracek overtime winners was 2016 when they were in Washington. I think they were without Couturier, and he put he put a Yager-like move on, uh, I forget, I want to say it was Oshie, but worked his way back and forth behind the net and then uh, pretty much uh, guarded the puck out until he got into the front near the circle and just turned around and picked the corner on Holpe. And then uh, I think Holfi complained about something. Not... Anyway, it was a good goal. I was there for that. Did a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling at Cavs fans. It was great. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> uh, and he is now on pace for 15 goals and 64 points. So not the best stat line. I think he's been looking a lot better recently. I thought he looked. I, lo- I thought he looked fine again tonight. Um, I thought Raffle didn't have as well a game tonight. I thought Raffle. I thought Raffle looked really good last night in St. Louis. And then I thought. He didn't look as well tonight, which I guess, considering it's Michael Raffle in the top six, shouldn't be a big surprise. But uh, I'm looking at oh, uh, and then the Connectors power play goal last night against the Blues. Uh, it was it was their second. They had a uh, power play goals in back to back games, and it was the first actual power play goal they've had where they actually set up and actually worked in the formation in the zone. Because I feel like a lot of the goals they've had recently have been on the rush. And um, even Hayes' goals against Hayes' goal against the Bruins to make a back-to-back goal uh, games with power play goals. Hayes' goals was scored because he came into the zone on the rush and was set up and just teed off immediately. So, actually, and this one was just like a filthy feed. Like this was yeah, like, this was set up properly. Great feed. And you're right; yeah. it, it does feel like a lot more is on the rush, and it's it, it's very strange because the Flyers' penalty kill is much more organized and much more aggressive to its benefit. And it feels like the power play has done the opposite where they've gotten a little more timid sticking to the outside. And when it's successful, as you mentioned, it's on the rush and it's, I would like to see more formations, more creativity and in setting up those players. And it's weird because you see more of five on five 
with uh, how they set up. Well, you see much more creativity and organization on five of five. Yeah, and I think no, you're right. And what they just need to they <laughs> it's such an easy thing to say, but they just have to do something else because they have their other. They, they just have, need to take advantage of having an extra man on the ice. Yeah, they need to utilize all that space at having an extra dude out there, but. They haven't used Giroux on the left side all year. They actually used Sanheim at the top of umbre- at the top of the uh, umbrella for the first power play tonight. But I believe Provov came back on the power plays after that. But I would like to see Sanheim or Ghost out there. And also, on top of Drew being on the left, I also want to just see more movement because they move. You know, you have the umbrella set up where you have the two guys down low, guy near the left wall, guy near the right wall, guy at the top of the zone usually the defenseman at the top of the zone. And tonight I thought they did a pretty good job of spacing and actually getting open for shooting lanes. And I thought tonight they looked pretty well in terms of moving around, but I'm also talking about moving around, like just watching the lightning wild game after the flyer tonight. They had power plays where I think it was Braden point, which is running below the goal line. And he was dragging defenders down, you know, the, the defenders have to worry about the pass below the goal line or the pass out into the slot then too. So once you get making the defense start thinking about that, it's more things they have to try and break down and analyze. It's, it's better than just what they've been doing, which is kind of just stagnant, standing still, and hoping somebody takes a shot. They need to, they need more movement. They need to put defensemen more from high to low to start getting them moving in that direction and have guys cut us across the slot. Once they get set up in the zone, it's just they all kind of stay within the same five feet, and you know it's going to go to JVR, and once it goes to JVR, he's not passing it back out. He's doing the big loop-de-loop turnaround thing that everybody knows is happening. That's why the goal right. That's why the goal on Wednesday was so good was because the Blues were like, all right, he's doing it, and then he did a touch pass to connecting, and nobody saw it coming, and they dunked it. And then it almost worked again tonight. So if they start incorporating that and they start putting a little more movement in, okay. But, I mean, they got to... Craig, I want one thing, and I want one thing only. Bring back the giant Claude Giroux slap shot. That's all I want. Yeah. Bring that back. That's my favorite (laughs) Flyers power play thing from recent history is the giant Claude Giroux slap shot. Because when he scores, when he scores on that fuck you slap shot, there is nothing better. It is just... A blast, and it's like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple of those uh, early in the season against the uh, Hurricanes, and they had one against Anderson. Yeah, those those fuck you slap shots are the best. <laughs> but we, yeah, you're right. We haven't seen that on the power play in a minute, and it's because he's on the. Uh, it's really because he's on the right side. Like I, I get why they do it. I guess because they feel like Drew has more options on that side in terms of. I, but I no, feel like, give me the slap shot. Yeah, I feel like I'd rather take him on the left side so he can do the slap shot, or he can do the thing where he just tosses it into the slot. That Katori, he had Katori had a multi-point game against the Knights because he was in the slot and just teeing off on Drew pass from the left side. I don't understand why they don't do that more. Because again, Phil Pila had a two-goal game doing that in 2017 against the Predators. Just fucking do that. Like if he can do it. You can put Joel Farabee there. You can put Connor Bunham in there. You can put Robert Hag there. Literally put any left-handed person in there. And I think they can tee off on a Drew pass from the boards. And yet, and yet we're doing all this, all this extra bullshit, Steve. And they just, you know, cut the crap, big Al. Just cut, cut the, the crap. Shit. Yeah. Come on, Terry. No, this is all Terry. This is, uh, we were talking about the bar fight. I'm, uh, you know what? No, I'm escalating this to the manager. Oh shit. Chuck. Oh, oh, <laughs> I could bring it to Chuck, but I, I'm no, it was like, 
you know, essentially Vigneault, Big Al's the team lead, and the manager is, is Chuck. So, you know, okay, so all right, that's the fair. team lead. Yeah. I, I'm escalating it to team lead, but I, I, I could call Chucky two trades. I, I have Going his right direct up. line right here, and I can <laughs> call him up. Let's let's dial him up right now. Hello, this is uh, this is Chuck Chucky Two Trades Fletcher. Chuck, this is Steve Jacob and Craig Forsyth from Flight Chucky Hurtley, Two and... Trades Fletcher. Listen, we have an urgent matter that we need you to handle right away. Uh, what is it, guys? I mean, I'm a big fan of the show, uh, Donkey Sauce for Life. But what uh, what do you guys need? We need Claude Drew to bring the fuck you slap shot back on the power play. Consider it done, fellas. It's done, guys. Uh, that was Chuck Fletcher, the uncanny voice. I Biggest mean, you know, it sounds just like mine over the Skype line, but you know, it was it, definitely Chuck Fletcher. Now, there's no getting around the fact that it was indeed Chuck Fletcher. I will say, hashtag Donkey Sauce for Life. I think is a is something we need to get off the ground. I would say that's just the right amount of Donkey Sauce is a yeah. lifetime's worth. <laughs> lifetime supply. Yeah. So there you go. So the power play should be fixed now. So when they play the Kings. He should be on the left, and we're actually going to enjoy watching the power play. I mean, it's been miserable. Tonight, that's the thing, too, is I actually thought they looked decent these last two games. But the overall problem, I think, has been either if they're not going to put Drew on the left wall, start moving people around. Because, I, I mean, most penalty kills are just set up in a gigantic box. So when you are when you don't move on the umbrella, it's kind of easier to take away scoring chances. Whatever. All right. <laughs> M. Terry. M. Terry. That's what I call Michelle Terry, and we're, we're, we're friends. <laughs> M. Terry, listen, pal, make it happen. Yeah, he 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 listens still. They they all listen. They 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 got the they notes. All listen. Uh, they all listen. Let's see what else for tonight. Um, Law, it was Lawton's 300th NHL game. He now has oh, wow. 37 goals and 53 helpers for 90 points in 300 NHL games. Which how many victims? How many? Uh, let's see, 300 games. So that means uh, how many off to yeah a thousand. At least the biggest serial killer in like North America. No, I uh, I don't know. It's probably with considering practice and game schedules, and then he has training camps and then all the off season weight. Tra- I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of time to bury bodies. So I probably working out like two or three a year, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it, once it's once every couple of weeks in like July and August, <laughs> two yeah. to three a year, just like the uh, the center spot that we have approved him for. <laughs> yeah, the two, <laughs> two to three, or maybe just one to two to three. Look, people are coming back on Katoria now. Uh, somebody was yelling at Kelly about how he wasn't a uh, top line center. And he was I'm sorry. Three, yeah, apparently those people are still out there. Uh, that's fascinating. Like the old guy from the Coyotes game I went to years ago when Katoria. What does he do? <laughs> it really you know, like I can't believe that's an opinion that any I, I'm not going to call a sane human being because I don't know who this is <laughs> and I don't necessarily know that this is a sane human being. But I can't believe this is an opinion that any human being sane or not would even entertain at this point. I mean, let's I see. Got... Sean Couturier, 13 goals, 28 assists, 41 points, first on the team in points. I, uh, that was, I think, before the game tonight. But still, like, okay, so he's, let's see, he's one of their top point getters. He's their best defensive player. Not a big and he's cap. he's a 3C? Yeah. And, like, the like everything else you would – that's the thing about Katoria now is I don't know what you hate about Katoria's game now. I, w- I used to get the argument before 
when you, he would just, you know, shut down other teams' top line centers, but then he would get like 35 points in the season. I could get how you could see you, you would think he's bad then. But now totally understand. Uh, and not even bad, but I, I totally understand how you think he's a one dimensional uh, defensive forward. Yeah. Guy. Totally yeah. get it. Argument for now? a 3C, understood. <laughs> Great. Now? Considering he is probably going to be in the running for Selkie again, put up a ton of points and goals again, you know. Have uh, you lost your mind? <laughs> By the way, my favorite thing with like when he used to not put up points was not really people complaining that he's playing poorly. It was just like, oh, he's not finishing his chances. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was always the he's complaint. still he creating, always finishing chances. Yeah, he's still creating chances playing with, you know, fucking Ronaldo and Jay Rosso and everything. But you're just <laughs> mad he's not getting 20 goals. To see. Okay. Like I never, I, yeah, I'm not getting it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not finishing his chances with Matt Reed and Michael Raffle. Steve Downey. You're telling me he didn't tear down the house with Steve Downey? No, I'm telling you he didn't. Yeah. I do. I will say. I feel like we don't do enough uh, Couturier praise because now it's getting to the point where everybody actually realizes he's good. So it's good that we're getting these in where we just go back and yell. At I will. So, I will take five minutes from every show oh, for Sean Couturier because yeah. Sean Couturier is phenomenal. He's yeah. phenomenal. That was the like, every time I go to a game. Like, remember, remember, I was saying when I went to the the fancy box for the for work. Oh, a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, you saying, definitely bragged about Couturier. that. Couturier. Yeah, you mentioned that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm an East Coast elite, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, coastal elite, not East Coast. Coastal coast elite. Okay, fine, fine. Both coasts. <laughs> but I, I remember I was saying to the guys who didn't know hockey that well, I was saying, look at Couturier. Chestnut checkers. It's my favorite. I don't know why. Just picture you saying that to everybody when you're talking hockey. Just like walking up to like a bunch of kids playing hockey at like an ice rink and be like all right guys you ever watch Katori play yeah when well, he's playing it <laughs> like chestnut checkers out there right so that's what you got to think about <laughs> that's the thing you just said anybody you go to the game and you can't help but watch Katori eh? because he's just so freaking good and it's one of those things that you might not notice on tv but when you're live at the game he just stands out so much. I, I'm going to call bullshit on that. I think you see it clearly on TV. That's why the argument used to be annoying because... Okay, fine. You can see it on TV, but it's I'm saying... It's live, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that when you're at the game, you notice every little thing he does and just how much he impacts every... You know, almost every play when he's on the ice. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah. And that's... So it was funny when I was trying to do the the line by lines earlier in the year. It was I, I would never have stuff on Gatoria or Limblom because it was just, yeah, he made another really great little play. Yep, didn't mess up again. It was like he, they never did anything wrong. It was just continuous plays. Like yep, great defensive read started an odd man rush. Yep, took the puck away from Connor McDavid. Yep, like all these. It was just stuff that was just boring to write down for people to read. So let's get a uh, we'll start getting more Gatoria plays going on. We'll start banging the drum for Selkie again. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that loud. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. I mean, I guess we're looking at. You want to make fun of the Golden Knights because they finally did something that they finally did something really dumb. Yeah, let's talk about this Golden Knights thing because I don't understand it. Uh, I fully don't either, and I've been pretty busy the last two days. But from what I understand. They just felt like he wasn't doing good enough, even though when they fired him, he was three points out of the division lead and, you know, took a group of nobodies to the Stanley Cup final two years ago. And that's the thing. They've added, you know, they've added a good amount of talent. Uh, Mark Stone in particular. Great talent. Yeah. Pacioretty. Great talent. Pacioretty, yeah. But they still have guys that I feel like he has still been maximizing the talent they have in a lot of ways, like yeah. 
I just don't. I I don't really understand why the Knights would do this, he, why they would do it at this point yeah. in the season, and why they would do it. Namely, here's my thing: why they would do it for Peter <laughs> DeBoer. Why Peter DeBoer? Why Peter DeBoer? Yeah, I. It's kinda, like, I what are you doing? Like he was fired by the Sharks for losing with a team with Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. Yeah, it's funny because all I'm seeing is like the people that are talking about Glon getting traded. And then I see them being like, well, they should really add another defenseman. I'm like, oh, so hire DeBoer who couldn't get the most out of Burns and Carlson? Is, am I reading that right? <laughs> but, yeah, so Gallant, I pretty much – so speaking more to what you just like said Gallant about – Gallant was winning – he's maximized William Carlson, who is a freaking nobody before he got there. He oh, was yeah. basically known as like a bust. Uh, March or so? Let's see. Riley Smith? Like all these the, – like these let were me guys. Just read, I'm just going to read the defense. On the Golden Knights. Yeah. Derek Englund. Okay. Uh, and Hag. I'm not as familiar with him. Nick Holden. Hague, yeah. Uh, Nick Holden. Well, Braden McNabb. Yeah. Uh, Merrill. Schmidt, John Nate Merrill. Schmidt. And Theodore. And Shea, yeah. So Shea, the- Shea Theodore and Nate Schmidt were two guys that were viewed as high upside guys when Vegas got them. And I think, I mean, I feel like. Gallant did a pretty good job getting the most he could out of them. And then yeah. just speaking of the 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 um the expansion draft, like they really didn't get a ton of high end forwards out of that draft. And they did they did steal those two guys from the Panthers. They did steal them from uh Marchessault and Riley Smith. But I feel I agree with you. I feel like he maximized what he could get out of the Golden Knights. And the thing, so when you look at his whole entire time in Vegas, he took him to the cup two years ago. Last year was that insane penalty call in game seven that let the sharks come back and cost them a game against the golden knights you know coached by peter DeBoer, which is kind of funny because now he has his job but that could have all if that call wasn't made and i know the whole argument of maybe don't give up four goals which is fair but if that call wasn't made i think they could make another deep postseason run last year so if that's the case or even if you just don't give him that call they've won four playoff series in two years where he's the coach they're th- they weren't in a playoff spot, but they were three points out of the division lead, and you're going to can them. And when you listen to Kelly McCrimmon talk, their GM, it was a lot of everything they were saying was a lot of feeling. Like, we felt like the team could be doing this. We felt like he wasn't doing this. And, like, they weren't based on anything. There was no key weakness with the team other than, and it'll go back to one of my favorite sayings, uh, Fleury has not been playing that great this year. Um, oh wow! So it's almost like the goaltender's play really paints a picture, paints an impression of how the coach's overall job is going. Yeah. So like the thing I used to throw out there every once in a while with Hacksaw, and I would not use it as an excuse for him, but show me a good goalie, and I'll show you a good coach. And I feel like the Vegas Golden Knights got wrapped up in a real small sample of that because Flurry's been sucking, and then and Subban I don't think has been great this year either, and also. And speaking to the the skill of the team again, they have a lot of chances. They create a lot of chances. They are winning the, I believe they're winning the um, shot attempt share and the expected goal share battles routinely, but they aren't finishing. So pretty much, Gerard got, Gallant got fired because his team has been unlucky for a stretch of time. And now they're now. Did bring... the Knights pay for cab fare this time? <laughs> well, I was gonna say. I was, let's, and that's a good point because Gerard Gallant has kind of gotten boned his entire career when it comes to coaching for no reason at all. Because what's going to happen now is DeBoer is going to come in. 
I feel like the Knights are going to have this the weird new coach bump that happens with some teams where they all of a sudden all their luck just swings. And then in like three weeks, they're going to be like, wow, Peter DeBoer pressing all the right buttons in Vegas. And then you're going to read the box scores. It's going to be like two to one wins where Flurry has a 47 safe performance now. But yeah, man, Gallant fired and came and get a ride home with the Panthers. And then takes a new team to the Stanley Cup, and then two years later doesn't even get to finish out the year. Why? What did Galant is Galant an asshole in real life? Like, did he do something? That's, <laughs> that's the only explanation. I like, got nothing. Yeah. Is so. he is he eating other people's food from the collective fridge? Is he just like farting in elevators? Yeah, and... just crop dusting the whole place. And that's Fleur's. <laughs> yeah, that's Fleur's deal. He's just like you know, hyperbole exclusive. Gerard Galant fired for crop dusting. <laughs> Flurry's like, you know, I tried to make saves, but you know, coach was in the film room, and I thought about is uh, the one he pinched off, and I was just like, damn, I'm not gonna make a save for him. So maybe, maybe that is what happened there. But uh, I don't know. I think the Golden Knights are still gonna be. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I, I think I'm obviously think they're a pretty good team. I just wish. I feel like Gallant was undeservedly fired. I think that's the main uh, opinion of most people most hockey fans right now is they don't really understand the firing. And again, like you're saying, it's, it's Peter DeBoer. Like if this was a thing like years ago when Michelle Terry got fired and they brought in Claude Julian. Okay. Or if, if it was another big name, like if he got fired and then they hired Joel Quinville. Okay. But Peter DeBoer is not that dude. He's not one of those guys that you fire your coach that might be like, deserving to get fired and then bring him in he's just not that guy and i don't think john hines is either but that's not really john hines i i i just don't what is going on with these coaching hires i i don't get it like the predators like no hines is the guy and now they're probably looking like galant and they're like god damn it (laughs) just keep doing it just keep firing until you get the right guy maybe somebody will hire galant and then a good coach will get like for him and well laviolette i mean we're looking uh, the team, the, the Flyers play tonight, the Canadians, I mentioned on the forecast, I think uh, I, I think if they miss the playoffs tonight, I think Julian might be talked about as getting fired. Maybe uh, Laviolette or uh, Galan go there. Who knows? Maybe they'll just pull Flyers and hire both. Yeah, just hire. Just hire. I would say I would say you hire Tarion. And uh, what I hope happens is Canadians fire Julian, Galan gets hired there. Uh, and then Tarion gets fired and the Flyers hire Julian to replace him as the power play coach so then julian just keeps taking michelle tarion's job everywhere he goes and uh and then tarion just loses his mind and uh, goes back to beating the shit out of people at bars there you go Perfect. i did think i did think it was the right time for the preds to fire laviolette though just because oh been, yeah yeah he's been there for a minute they're kind of meandering the season yeah so it, it kind of felt like he had lost that team a little bit yeah uh speaking of uh there's no way i can say this i was gonna well speaking of losing uh, Cassian lost his shit over the weekend, uh, and he took it out on Matthew Kachuk. And Steve, I thought we would talk about this a little bit because it's been a big talking point this week. And did you watch the whole actual like showdown, like the actual fight and everything? The rag. Uh, yeah, I did see that. I guess. Yeah. yeah so uh, a lot's been made about it. Cassian got suspended two games. Kachuk wasn't given anything. Um, a lot of comments made after the game. I forgot to grab Kachuk's quotes, but Cassian said uh, he messed with the wrong, wrong guy. I don't think he realized he's playing the same division. And I have a great memory. Uh, Cassian's two-game suspension 
goes from the last game they do, he played against the Oilers, and then the first game he comes back will be against the Oilers on the 29th, where George Peros, uh, in charge of player uh, or the NHL discipline, you know, you know what I'm saying, Department of Player Safety or whatever, <laughs> is uh, will be in attendance pretty much to make sure it doesn't get. Oh, uh, the punishment hand. guys. Yeah, the the punishment team for the. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my mind, but this this ordeal right here. Do you have any thoughts on who was right or wrong? Who is in the right and who's in the wrong? Do you think Cassian had a right to just beat the shit out of Kachuk like that? Do you think it was shitty for Kachuk to put those two hits on him and not respond with a fight? What do you make of the whole situation? So if you want to go by old school hockey rules here, the shitty thing is Kachuk to lay those hits on and not respond to a fight. That's if you're going strictly old school hockey rules. Now, yeah. that's not necessarily how things are, are handled in today's NHL. It's not yeah. really the, the Wild West or anything. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Cassian should have beaten the shit out of him. But I think a guy like Kachuk should, if you do something like that, you should be prepared to, to drop the gloves. Yeah, I that's where I stand on all of it, too. My thing with Kachuk... The, the thing with the hits is I don't care that he rocked him twice and I really don't care that he took two runs at Cassian and Cassian flipped out and they didn't fight him, I guess. Like, I, I guess I get Kachuk because that's what he does. He's supposed to piss you off and he put two monster hits on Cassian. Well, he's I, just pulling a Ty Domi when he does shit like this. Ty Domi would rock those hits and be an asshole and then if a real fighter wanted to fight him, he, he'd beat up Adam Burt. <laughs> yeah, so I will never I, let that go because that's the most cowardly thing I have ever seen in NHL. Fighting. That was, I mean that that whole thing. Yeah, if he, yeah, if he did that and then he went and like chased Alex Chase on down and beat the shit of him, like that's a whole different discussion. I think, but I think Kachuk, yeah, he does kind of play. He does the same type of thing, but it works. It it fucked with Cassian. It got in his head. Uh, he got suspended. The Flames scored on the power play after that. Like, Kachuk did his job. My big thing with the hits are I thought both the hits are were copies of other hits where players get suspended for blindside hits or guys get in uh, trouble with the league for hits where guys just have their heads down and they call them at the wrong angle or, like, they're getting... Guys are getting called for... or suspensions for checking from behind or penalties from checking from behind, but it's really the guy that got checked is just putting his head... You know, like... Not that Cassian left himself open to get, I guess, wrecked there. I just thought that the hits looked bad, and I thought they should. I thought they would have garnered some kind of fine or possible suspension alone. So well, I don't know why you have hits like this go scot free, but well, then yeah, Farabee yeah. gets suspension. I, 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 I don't know. I, I like I, I. It's just not consistent. The yeah, like the the Farabee one, he was still. But but yeah, compared to like the, like the second hit, the hit that caused Cassian to go after him, I thought like looking at it, maybe I gotta rewatch it, but it just looked like a shitty hit. Like it looked like a blindside hit that was predatorial. Like I thought that he would at least get something out of that. Um, but the fact that he, I, I don't know, like if he wants to be a pest and just fuck with Cassian and get in the Oilers' heads, like Kachuk is, he's done his job. He's killing it at his job right now, and it's annoying. Sure, I, I think I think annoying the shit out of a guy is one thing, but rocking a guy with hit like that is a whole yeah. other thing. Yeah, like, and and I think that's 
where I come down at the end is if those hits look cleaner, I would have absolutely nothing wrong with the situation overall and just blame. I would say Cassian needs to, I don't know, quit being mad online. But like the, I thought the two hits deserved a little bit of something from the league. So yeah, and apparently yeah, Paris is going to be there for the game. Uh, I think, and I think that he's already warned the teams about you know, if anything goes down it's going to be an even bigger deal, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty big talking point. And uh, I mean, I guess whatever. I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I guess whatever. I guess whatever. Yeah. So I, I, casting gets talked about so much and it's because the Oilers don't have any other players. I, it's really annoying that if they had other people besides McDavid and dry we could actually just talk about how the team is actually good. But Cassian is like one of their, one of their more productive forwards and it's uh it's pretty annoying uh you want to make fun of the devils now oh i'd love nothing more than make fun of the devils right now (laughs) all right the devils who uh were apparently gonna take a uh, playoff spot away from the flyers and my god i i keep making that joke now so if it actually does happen yeah but anyway uh ray shiro has been fired former gm uh and former assistant gm or i guess current gm uh, assistant gm tom fitzgerald has been named the interim uh, Ray Shearer signed a four-year extension with the Devils back in April. Uh, he, he didn't make it through the whole contract. Uh, and then also, apparently, Martin Bredore has said that he'd like to have more control of the team moving forward. He'd like to play a bigger role in, uh, I guess, hockey operations and uh, GM duties and things like that. So we'll see if... Uh, family planning. Yeah, family planning. <laughs> Figure out which schemes he could be the product of, and people will give him credit for... I think that's a big thing. I think he just wants to hire Scott Stevens and Scott Niedermeyer, let them do all the work of signing people and making trades, and then when they win a cup, Bredor can be named the greatest GM in hockey history. It's pretty much the. It's pretty much what Bredor's done his whole career, so why not just do that You know, in the suit? Uh, but uh, speaking of the Devils, uh, Andy Green, Sammy Vadnan... Our friend, uh, the train, Wayne Simmons, Louis Domingue, and Kevin Rooney, who is uh, your friend in real life, uh, are all UFAs this summer. So uh, they're going to get a big haul for all those guys. Thinking two first for Andy, uh, a couple picks for Vatanen, probably a top prospect and two first for Simmons, a couple first for Domingue, and then uh, Kevin Rooney probably only gets you a second. So the, it's looking up for New Jersey. They're going to get all those guys traded. Fire uh, sale! <laughs> they really should, and uh, I kind of wonder if they'd move Kyle Palmieri because I wouldn't mind. Uh, would not mind him on the Flyers. Uh, also, I mean, I really wouldn't mind uh, to look more at Sam Vatnin's underlying numbers, but he's 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 doing okay. He's not doing bad. He's. I hope he leaves the Devils because then they'll go back to having like two good players. And at that point, I'm not even sure what the two good players are. But it's it's been going well for the Devils, and I uh, just wanted to point that out. Also, wanted to point out a couple other reasons why a couple divisional opponents suck but it's for unfun reasons and that is because nicholas backstrom signed an extension with the caps five years 9.2 million a year uh what the big fall from this has been i've just seen a lot of talk about how the caps thought they were only going to be able to sign one of backstrom or holpe uh going in the next season and now they've signed Backstrom, hopefully he's not having the best season. They keep saying they're going to talk about it or focus on it uh, after the season. So we'll we'll see where it goes. That's what Freeman said in his thoughts today, too, was that uh, Brian McClellan said that they would talk about Holfe's extension with them after the year. So we'll see where that ends up. But 
it's kind of pointing towards Hopi not being on the Caps next year, which would be bigger news if Samsonov is not as good as they chalk him out to be. But he's been he's been pretty good this year, so hopefully he's been uh, good, and I th- he's been coming up in the system as a touted prospect for yeah, a while. Yeah, he would be the one guy that may have gotten more hype coming into the league at the moment than Carter Hart. So yeah, hopefully. Hopefully that doesn't work out. You know, hopefully he sucks. Hopefully uh, Shesterkin sucks in, in New York. Hopefully it all just doesn't pan out. Like, it's looking like it might. But anyway, uh, they have... So right now they have 661000 in cap space. Uh, they're projected to have $10.3 million for next season without losing any major pieces. And that's with Holpe and our good friend Racco Gudis being a big-name RFAs. By the way, that's another thing to think about for the Flyers cap spaces. They'll be getting Gudis's uh, money off the books this season. I think that's something that, well, you did, people don't forget it now because of how tight the cap space is. But it'll be nice when uh, that contract's done. And then, uh, really terrible news: Sidney Crosby is back, and he had <sighs> a four-point game on Monday against the Penguin or against the Wild. He was on the Penguins, still on the Penguins. Seven to three win over the Wild. Absolutely bonkers pass to Dominic Simone. Uh, for like their sixth or seventh goal, banked the puck off the back of the Wilds net to himself and then hit Simone with a below the goal line cross ice pass. It was just dumb. And uh, he missed 28 games due to core muscle surgery. The Penguins went 18, 6, and 4 without Crosby and a good chunk of it without Jake Gensel. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's, not, just not it's just not fair. It's just not fair. I really, you know, and um, I said it before. You, no, I, I didn't say it. you were you were on the whole. This is the Penguins last year. You kept saying it. And I was like, Steve, don't get too excited. Uh, I know it looks likely that it might be the Penguins' final hurrah, and uh, I kept trying to warn you not to get too excited. And you, every, every week you came on, you were like, Crosby and Malkin are getting older. They traded gets Kessel. Uh, Brandon Tanev's not good. They still have Jack Johnson. All these things. And then uh, here we are. It was are definitely you. Sure you. That was me and it was it definitely wasn't... you, yeah. not me, because I've never. It wasn't been wrong. South Philly Sal. It was. I've never been wrong on a single prediction. It may have been South Philly uh, Sal. Might be SPS. I don't. I don't remember. But definitely not me. That thought this would be the year that the Penguins might start to crumble, and lose some fucking games without Sidney Crosby in the lineup. <laughs> that was not me. That was uh, <sighs> definitely somebody else. Yeah. Sure. Eighteen six and four without Crosby 18 six and four unbelievable I, it's just utter bullshit and also Matt Murray's not playing well like that just that's another cute angle to see like Tristan Jari has been good for them so it's not Great. like Matt Murray has been like lights out 975 like inexplicably carrying this team that's getting shelled every night they're doing they're driving play and jar has been standing on his head it's infuriating let's talk about the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> That's a, no, that's a transition right there. Yes, it is time for the Batch update in which uh, Stephen Craig, don't watch The Bachelor. We we refuse to watch The Bachelor, but Craig's brother transcribes The Bachelor for us and gives us his notes. And He gives us a few notes. Uh, just, the notes. Uh, just a couple notes. Uh, so right now, uh, so taking a look at the update, uh, quote, the episode starts with the conclusion of Pete and Hannah B's conversation about maybe still being in love. I'm guessing Hannah was the contestant. Uh, Hannah was the one from last year. Alabama Hannah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Hannah sits on his lap. There's glitter everywhere from her dress. They decide to part ways, and Pete reschedules the date with the rest of the contestants for later. So he's uh, 
looks like they're about to have a season of The Bachelor after uh, it looked like Hannah was about to submarine it. So there you go. I don't I don't have much to add on that particular statement. On the rescheduled date, Pete makes out with McKenna. Uh, it seems like Pete's quote unquote move is to pick someone up and set them on elevated surfaces, pool tables, ledges, etc. <laughs> So that elevated, sur- just any <laughs> elevated surface. Uh, a table. He just leans in. And he's like, "Hold on, let me. Uh, do we? Can you get up on this stair real quick? Can we get up there? Hey, uh, before we go on the date, is there? Uh, do you have tables here? <laughs> no reason. You ever uh, sit on the hood of a car? All right, give me five seconds, and we'll we'll get, we'll start making out pretty soon. Maybe it's, maybe he needs tables. Maybe he needs like legs. You know, so he can. I don't. I have no idea why. Some getaway sticks. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, you got, you got a floor <laughs> hockey table, or you got an air hockey table around? I want to get that whoosh. You like foosball? Do you ever think about sitting on that table? Anyway, uh, at the cocktail party. very uncomfortable. <laughs> it sounds painful, yeah. At the cocktail party, Lexi, uh, I guess that's a new character, talks to Pete, and he has completely forgotten who she is. She is the only redheaded contestant to ever be on The Bachelor, and she drove up in a red Corvette to meet him on the first night. They make out after Pete remembers. <laughs> we also witness. I think Pete would have made out regardless. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds. I think forgetting and remembering. Yeah, he's he's making out either way. I just enjoy how she had very memorable traits, and he was just like, uh, I don't. Who knows? I'm Pete. Who? Who? who I'm Pilot Pete. <laughs> I'm Pilot Pete. Also, there's 40 girls here, and I'm Pilot Pete, and I'm gonna make out every one of them. Also, if I remember correctly, Pilot Pete did have windmill sex. So what was he putting? What was he putting that girl on while they having windmill sex? Like one Maybe of the like one of the windmills. Like on to, all the way. That's a risky. I mean, well, I mean. Anyway, where are we in this? Uh, he's a pilot. Here? He's about risk. <laughs> he's all about yeah. He's all about living in the sky. He hates. He say he's like a solely. Uh, who's the? Guy? <laughs> The guy who landed the play on the Hudson? Who's the guy that we referenced last week? Oh, Sully. Yeah, he's just a fan of being in the sky. That's all it's about. Uh, Kelsey from Des Moines brings a bottle of champagne that she's owned for about a year and sets it up by a couch for her and Pete to open later. Soon after, Hannah Ann and Pete stumble across the setup and decide to open the bottle, thinking it was theirs, uh, just there. Kelsey's pissed. All right, so somebody's stealing stealing some champagne. Oh, that was champagne, Kate. That's what he was. Okay. Uh, Also, being from Des Moines, not not attractive, not exciting. I mean, you know, be from a more exciting place. That's my opinion. I say (laughs) that. That's your two cents on Des Moines. (laughs) By the way, that's coming from somebody who uh, grew up in Bel Air, Maryland. So that is, yeah, just be from a more exciting place, you know? Uh, Oh, so you're the Prince of Bel Air. Ah, yes. The first time I've ever heard that. (laughs) I'm sure you hear that. Uh, it's, uh, it's I actually coach. did not know you were from a place called Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, so. it's yeah, it's uh, it's Bel Air, Falls, and Aberdeen, that general. I guess yeah. you're the not so fresh prince. Oh, 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 oh good night, good hockey, prince of yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> she calls a few people snakes uh-oh, and cries in a bathroom until she's ready to come out and give Hannah Ann the business. Pete tries to defuse Jesus the situation. Jesus Christ, Hannah, Hannah, Ann. Is everybody named Hannah? I think so. Also. This is actually uh, the Hannah season. They're all like Hannah, Ann. Hannah, uh, B. Hannah, Susan. Yeah. Uh, I hope. Hannah, B. I hope Hannah, Ann's name is Hannah, not from Alabama, Ann. And then they have Anna B, who I believe is from Alabama. Also, I think she's from Alabama. I'm just throwing it out there. Not sure. 
Uh, Pete tries to defuse the sitch, a uh, nice use of sitch, by giving Kelsey another bottle of champagne. And it worked. How many bottles of champagne are just at that house? Unfortunately, I mean, it is the bachelor. <laughs> it is the bachelor. Yeah, I guess it's just champagne on, on deck. But uh, unfortunately, the bottle was knocked over, and then Kelsey opens it and it explodes all over her dome. <laughs> What I think I, I think I saw this gift. Actually. I think it's I the one bachelor spoiler I saw, and that's pre- that's pretty great. So she's like ready to just chug this champagne and just just there's going through bottles of bubbly though. I mean, you gotta you gotta make sure you're not breaking all Listen, these bottles, not waste half, them all. Half the budget for the bachelor is champagne. <laughs> just anticipated loss on champagne on champagne bottles. Yeah. They're like, look, new season of bachelor. You know we're just gonna lose fucking fifty five to sixty bottles for champagne, so like mark it a up. A tenth of it is windmills, uh another <laughs> tenth is condoms. And then another tenth is ping pong tables and foosball tables, so fucking pilot Pete here cannot prop up his dates. So there you yeah. go. That's that's yeah, exactly the, that's the ABC but and then also just for ads for whatever stupid show Zach Braff's gonna try and make work that won't work. So there you go. That is the ABC budget. Didn't he have some dumbass show about podcasts like three years ago? It was about the it was like about the podcast life of like a guy who you know has a four bedroom home and uh, bought a six figure home by just That's having not a podcast. the podcast life at all. The podcast yeah. life, but you is, know that was, uh, and then he's just like, oh, people don't get being a podcaster, and me and you, you know, started people, people don't get being like, a podcaster. <laughs> sitting right next to your heater in your home and then having it go on at inconvenient times because it's cold outside. People don't get being a podcaster and not having central air. So in the summer, when it's really warm, you can't have the air blasting down in the basement. So you're just going to sweat it out while you record a summer flight verbally. Doing a lot of shirtless flights, baby. Everybody knows the deal. Everybody knows. What's there's going a reason on. this is not a video podcast. <laughs> there's a big yeah. There's a couple of, yeah, a couple of reasons why. Yeah. I also I always I always fucking and I I know I've mentioned this before. But it's like in Marley and Me when uh, I think Owen Wilson had a nice big gigantic house and he wrote one article a fucking week. And they're like, yep, this is reality for communication majors. <laughs> this is how it goes down. They're definitely all financially stable and have a lot of free time. This is how it happens. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see here. Where are we? Uh, fortunately, uh, we, the, we talked a the, lot about champagne. I think there was like a whole novel on champagne. Yeah, finally, at the cocktail party, uh, Pete gives Madison a framed photo of the two of them at his parents' vow renewal. <laughs> so there you go. That's all. Oh my you god, out. that's right. There was a, a fucking vow renewal last week that this guy brought his, his goddamn. <laughs> he gave a picture of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Here you I... go, babe. Greatest day of your life. By the way. I, I, maybe I'm not the one that should be commenting on this, but Pilot Pete, I kind of get why he's on the Bachelor now. Like I get, I get it. I get why he's got to have, you know, he's got to. Yeah, he's really not doing too well here. It seems like he's making a lot of missteps. But anyway, but uh, guess what? All 67 women there want him <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, they're all they're all about Pilot Pete. Yeah, solely Junior. Uh, side note. Apparently, Madison has created some burner accounts to make her appearance on the batch seem genuine and real. So there you go, a real Brian Colangelo situation going on there. The Brian Colangelo. So what's her, so? I guess we're going to go with Trust the Madison. That'll be our nickname. You can get behind that. I don't know. Mad Madison. That's not there you go. Yeah, we'll go. You like that one more? Okay, we'll go. It's pretty It's simple, but I like it, yeah. Uh, and on the last group date, there's a catwalk modeling competition featuring all the contestants on the date. Sweet. The winner takes home 10 grand. What the f- Worth of clothing in bags. It came comes down to two contestants. Hannah Ann. There you go, Steve. Another Hannah. 
or one of the Hannahs, who was a model, and Victoria F. Hannah, uh, Victoria. F. I so I I read it as Victoria F. Hannah at first. Yeah, it's, like it's I was gross, looking at the yeah. sheet. And I was like, oh, my God, even their last names are Hannah. <laughs> Victoria. Hannah Ann slash Victoria with her dress and wins. <laughs> Victoria so, Francesca Hannah. We can, well, that, that'll be her name. Yeah, uh, VFHA is uh, Victoria's new name. I'm pretty oh. good. I'm doing pretty good with the nicknames right now. What do you think? Yeah, you're just killing it. Like, yeah. I've never heard better nicknames in my <laughs> that life. Was the it's most... almost as good as Philly Joel. Oh, hey, come on. Okay. Which one's better? VFHA or Philly Joel? Don't oh, you do this to me. VFHA. <laughs> All right, I was gonna say. Don't you do this to me. This is recorded. I can't bad. believe we, I can't believe we live in the timeline where Philly Joel is a, a nickname. Are you sure? Because we're getting paid to do batch updates. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I can believe you can tell me anything about 2020, and I will believe it happened. I don't. <laughs> there is nothing I believe anymore. Like it's all. I don't fucking know what's happening. I don't know what day it is. I think it's January, right? Yeah, it's 2020. So let's just... I'm going to do it around the league. And then I'm probably going to go lay down. In the year 2000. <laughs> In the year 2000. Yeah. I don't know. Key doesn't do that anymore, does he? I, I'm pretty sure Conan hasn't done in the year 2000 <laughs> since the year 2000. Yeah, it's been a while. I remember there was a brief period where he, he kept doing it after the year 2000. And I think he, he stopped. But I, I did always enjoy that bit. <laughs> I will say he did used to have what I thought was a funny Trump impression, but I don't know how that holds up uh, now in the year 2020. I don't know if I'm uh, you know allowed to laugh at that joke now. Well, but... no, the thing is, like everybody's got a Trump impression now. Yeah, he was he was just ahead of the time because he was making fun of him on The Apprentice. So, shout out to Conan by the way if he's listening. Big fan of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, Around the league, well, yeah. Let's do it up. There's not too much. To talk oh, about. okay. We're done. We're done with the batch. <laughs> yeah, done with the batch update. I'm sure there's another episode next week. We'll talk about it. Pop we'll talk about the, the... F- pop one of the two thousand bottles of bubbly we have. <laughs> All the bottles of bubbly at that mansion. Just get them going. Get them ready for Mad Madison. Uh, Listen, the one way we can get Vox to get us to watch Bachelor episodes for a full Bachelor fly purbly would be to just supply us with a lot of champagne if, if we get a bot i'm not even a big champagne guy but give me free stuff and I'll, I'll lean into it you give me free stuff we watch the the batch together and we stream it on twitch i mean you can quit your job right now we can start Steven making money craig Stephen craig drink mimosas and watch the bachelor <laughs> on twitch how could it go wrong just two hours just an hour and a half of me and you sitting there every five minutes we're like Oh, yeah, there's another Hannah. <laughs> oh, that's Pot. That's Pilot Pete. That's the main guy. All right, yeah. How many roses? Okay. Uh, Morgan Riley is out eight weeks after fracturing his foot, uh, so he's got plenty of time to watch The Bachelor. Uh, Martin Marinson stays in Toronto for the 2020-2021 season with a one-year 700k contract. Caleb Jones stays in Edmonton for two years, making 850k a year. Tuka Rask has been placed on IR with a concussion that happened the game after the Flyers game. Uh, Jim Little was named Ottawa's CEO. Eugene Melnick had been acting as the team CEO since February of 2018. Now he just goes back to being the uh, annoying owner. Uh, the NHL Combine will stay in Buffalo through 2022. 2022? Yeah, there you go. I'm saying it right. Uh, Jonathan Huberto passes Ali Okuner for most points in Panthers franchise history. He now has 490, uh, 420 points in 512 games. Uh, you know, Alexander Barkov, though, don't worry, everybody. I'll mention him. He's going to be coming up the ranks. I'm not going to forget about Alexander Barkov. Uh, you and, know he's and, underrated? 
Very underrated. He, you know, same pretty much career time in the league as Jonathan Huberdeau and doesn't have as many points. But yeah, we got the very underrated Barkov. Nobody talks about him, you know. Uh, and then uh, Pekka, Predators scored a lot of fun goals this week. I'll put it that way. Pekarone actually scored a hockey goal uh, against the Blackhawks, I believe. Got the puck so on his own net. Shot the, it 200 the feet. Funny thing, the funny thing with that one is we were recording when that happened. And I had that game on in the background. Oh, what? No, did and you? And so I saw an empty net goal got scored, but I didn't realize that Pekka Rinne had scored it. <laughs> so if I had realized at the time, I would have just we stopped the a... presses and I would have been like, holy shit. Yeah, we could have another He just hexstalled. Yeah. <laughs> and instead it was just, oh, this game's locked up. Let's see what else is on. <laughs> well, that's pretty much, I feel like a lot of people haven't really been talking about that goal as much as they should considering it's a goalie goal. And for frame of reference, uh, Mike Smith had the last goal where he had the last overall goalie goal, but he actually did score two back in October of 2013. His is pretty good too, because he caught it, put it down the ice and shot all the way down the ice in a matter of a second, which is, it's a hard friggin' hard shot. There's a reason only a it's, handful of guys have really. Oh done yeah. It. It's hard to do. And it's also just the, the chance to do it. So like, cause you have to either do what Mike Smith did, and do it freakishly quick, like catch a puck, put it down, and shoot it before him when it gets to you, or catch it on a wraparound, twirl out to the front of the net and shoot it, which it, it's hard to get that much time anymore. Um, and the last goal he scored before Mike Smith was Evgeny Nabokov in March of 2002, former uh, New York Islander great. And then also Philip Forsberg pulled off the third Michigan in uh, the NHL history, in the history of the NHL, he, I think he probably had the best uh, lacrosse style goal too. I don't know if you saw that Steve, but it was, uh, so he's right-handed and instead of sitting behind the net and putting it on his stick and then backhanding at top shelf left corner, he was just casually going behind the net. It looked like he was going to try and do a regular wraparound attempt, but while skating behind the net, he just somehow in stride, put the puck on his blade, and then put a top shelf on Mike Smith. It was very smooth, and it was different than the usual uh, Michigan attempts. I think Matthews tried it again tonight and got stuffed pretty bad. That's going to be the whole league soon. It's just going to be Michigan no, nobody, It's going to yeah. be lacrosse. Everybody, everybody wants to be in the highlights. They don't even want to play hockey anymore. I'm just, I'm tired with, I'm done with this league. That's uh, that's a, speaking of done with the league. I'm now done around the league. That wraps up whatever you want to call this episode of Fly Purple, because uh, it was it, it was kind of long, little kind of. It was over. The, it was all over the place. It was fun. You had fun. I would now. say it's about par for the course. We didn't follow the script, and you know. Yeah. And uh, here we are. It was a Fly Purple. It was a Fly Purple. God, we gotta. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week. You guys will hear two more podcasts from next week. <laughs> it was a Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Look, so we got the we're gonna have the forecast on Fly probably next week. Uh, Vox is gonna hit us up with the champagne. We're gonna watch an episode of The Batch and stream it on Twitch, uh, and then uh, I'll probably write an article or two. And that's uh, there you go. That's, that's how you. That's how you hockey blog. That's how. That's how. That's me being Craig, the professional voice blogger. There I am. That's is that the name of your TV show, Craig, the professional voice blogger? It, and it'll be like a home fixture upper type show. So I just walk in on people doing podcasts, be like, "Hey, are you recording? Let me give you some tips," and then just give them the worst advice ever. So, Craig, uh, Craig, the professional voice blogger, where can people find you on social media? 
at sports underscore r underscore bad i also uh do the uh the broad street hockey tweet i want to start putting that out there i do the broad street hockey tweets during the game i don't do the gifts that is brad uh but i do the uh i do everything else so there you go that's uh that's that he does the dick jokes (laughs) yeah i do the dick jokes brad does the actual work of putting together the uh the gifts uh, and for articles, I was going to write about the uh, central central scouting uh, rankings just came out this week for the draft. I was going to look at some of the tra- top draft pick names. And then also, I was going, the f- since there's a break coming up and the Flyers don't play an away game before the All-Star break, I was going to go back and look at all the road games the Flyers have played and actually try and figure out what's happened in each road loss to see if there are common themes, since it's not really coming through on the numbers other than Carter Hart and Brian Ellie kind of uh, put the sheets on the road. So those are hopefully going to be out next week. Look for those. And uh, yeah. 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 Oh, oh. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm just doing Hetfield. You're doing better. <laughs> we're, we're just covering all the guys with, uh, with hilarious voices. I don't know. Well, good voices, but we like to make fun of. And this is all well, the music I listen to. I, I don't listen to anything after like uh, year two thousand, basically. So there we go. Year two thousand. Okay. In the year two thousand, you can follow Steve at S Day Bomber Fly Purbly, but make it fly purbly if you want to see hockey tweets and not just random stuff about the city of Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> follow PSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff, all that great stuff. Okay, we're done. It's late. I gots to go. I gots to go. (laughs) Gotta get out of here. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Better, 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 better. Wow, 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 wow. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig. But not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!